Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Freddie Dixon. Freddie's a singer and songwriter from London, now living in Berlin. Before moving to Germany, Freddie cut his teeth in the London music scene, eventually signing with Columbia Records eight years ago. But after his contract finished, he decided to move and try something, in his words, radical. Freddie fills us in on what type of music was on around the house when he was growing up, playing at Glastonbury, how the world of blogging helped elevate and promote artists at the time, and just how difficult it is to compete for space on the internet these days. There's talk about Freddie's songwriting work with different artists and how to fit something into their particular style, the challenges of trying to make the Berlin scene grow, worst gigs ever, we've all been there, and all you need to know about his latest EP, Idiot's Dream. In the top five, you'll hear from Taylor Swift, not literally, of course, new music from King, Hannah, restricted views at music venues, me not knowing who blue are or were, and just how overrated is John Mayer. All this and I managed to sneak in the German Youth Word of the Year. Let's get right to it, Freddie Dixon. How did I end up in Berlin? God, yeah. okay. I, well, I'm from London, born and bred. Is there a dog in my house? Oh, it's, it's mine. He's, uh, you it's your the, dog. You got the foot yeah, because I've uh... got a wooden floor and whenever we have a <laughs> right. dog round, it's like, you know, like, oh, cute. That's all you can hear. So, rather than just keep him in the other room, I just kept the doors open so he can... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. Crazy, He's 14, he deserves it, right? You know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always welcome. Yes. Um, you were saved, mate. Yeah, so... I won't go start to finish, but I, I signed a record deal in 20... When I was 24. Four, so, fuck, getting older, eight years ago. And I signed to Columbia Records. And long story short, didn't work out. <laughs> kind of. This is when you were still in London, yeah? Yeah. And I did the whole thing where, you know, you play and I was on blogs and I got signed and blah, blah. And then, it, then they really tried to make it kind of, right, we need to sell some records, which I get. It's a business. But everything was suddenly morphing into something that I didn't recognise. And it was all very poppy and it just it just didn't connect, which I get because it wasn't really me anyway. Um, so anyway, that happened. And then I was like, right, after like a year of lying in bed, being like, what the fuck am I going to do now? I started like going back to kind of old school and doing it by myself because... Couldn't afford to like take a band anymore. And then I got offered to play at a festival in Germany, just completely randomly on Facebook. Um, this guy's Cardinal Sessions, you know them? I think they're based in Cologne. Anyway, they did no, this festival and they were like, come, come, come out. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. So I took, took some days off work and I went and did this like five-day festival. It was wicked, and then through that I got some more shows in Germany, and I kept just, I mean, I did the dreaded, like, 6 a.m. Ryanair flight, play the show, come back, go straight back to work, like, one night. Um, 
And then I met a friend at this festival, made a friend, and then he was like, oh, I'm going to tour Germany like a few months. You want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, great. So I kept coming back to Berlin and then slowly got to a point where every time I was leaving, I was like, nah, like I want to stay. Just because I got to a point where I was also, I was now like, I work as a chef a lot. That's what I started doing after I left the label. And but London was just getting so, so expensive. And I was just working 40, 50 hours a week, like just slogging it out. Yeah, which is which is fine. But I thought, and then I made I made my first record. I had that one day a week to do music. And I made two albums somehow. But it was just like kind of London, as great it is, it, it's very fickle in the industry, like... Everywhere I'd played and everyone that booked me before, like, wouldn't give me a show anymore in in London. And I was just like, hmm, okay, I get it. I'm old news now, so you need the next, like, hot young thing. Fine. You know what? I can't be asked to play the whole circuit again. And I want to do something different. And I was just kind of stuck in this, like, I don't know what to do. I knew a handful of people in Berlin, and then I was like, Right, I've got to do something radical. I don't want to just stay here and do chefing and have kids and I can't buy a house. Like, I want a little, little fun. I'm going to turn 30, let's do this. So I just committed, you know, it's kind of like if you tell enough people, then you just have to do it. So I convinced myself to move and like my friend put me in touch with like a live agent and he signed me off the back of just my second record and... And I felt there was a real appreciation for just like, we don't care what your name is and what record label you've been with or whatever. Like, we just kind of care about the music and doesn't matter how old you are or any of that shit. And felt a lot less judgment every time I was in Berlin. Yeah, and I love it. And there's just so many creative people. I mean, someone like Michael Brinkworth, he's literally like, I mean, if he was born in the 60s, he'd be like Donovan. Like, he's incredible. <laughs> and that he guy is, writes, like, great. incredible songs for just all all day long. But, yeah, there's so much talent here, and there's a real opportunity to just, like, collaborate and create and not have to, like, whack down £10,000 for a music video. And, you know, I did my whole last record just through, like, there's an amazing artist called Moan, M-O-N-E. She's incredible. And uh, I was writing with her, and then she started doing, like, video stuff for people. And then she was like, oh, can you dem- help demo my whole record? And I'll make all your videos and do all your photo shoots. And I was like, right, great, let's do it. Deal. <laughs> yeah, and we just, you know, Berlin's great like that. And it's basically everyone's broke <laughs> and, like starving artist or whatever and no one wants to be that but it kind of allows a bit of leeway just to you know find creative people that want to do it for the right reasons not the people in london don't but in london like you gotta eat like everything you have to pay for everything which is fine but you know one rehearsal with your band would cost you 500 quid so yeah so I ended up coming here because I left London just to try something different and also allow myself to do more music, like quite a decent like 
ways your music, but not quite enough. So I still do a couple of days in the restaurant and stuff. Especially with the live scene and COVID, there's no money from there. So, but it gives me so much more time. Yeah, I guess that's that's why I'm here. Just more time to like produce stuff. Uh, how did the musical journey start for you in the first place? Was it, uh, you know, you come from a musical family or did you just, one of these kids who just picked not up a really. guitar? And... Not really, I guess. Like, I'm not from a musical family. Actually, my grandmother was an opera singer, apparently, but I never met her. Um, but no, I mean, my mum's big, in, big into music. Like, Bob Dylan was like a religion in my household. It's like pitch of him everywhere, records. And I guess my parents, they loved what I've noticed now. So I was like, wow, okay, everyone they really loved, they were all songwriters. Like, Neil Young is huge for me and my family. And Dylan and Cohen and Van Morrison and Joni Mitchell and Carol King. And I grew up with a lot of that around me. And then I started playing guitar because my friend played and I thought it looked cool. And I didn't want him to do that better than me. I mean, literally. I mean, I was like 12 and I was like, oh, why is he? He knows how to play Oasis songs and I don't. Can't be that I want to do that. He can do it. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, sort of got all, you remember all those old like chord books that would have like the artwork on the front and then it's got a bunch of them and, and then, and then I was, then I started just doing open mic circuit in London um, and it was the tail end of MySpace um, and I just booked every single one I could find and I would just go like miles across London on my own play two songs go all the way back <laughs> basically every night um, and loved it then I went to uni and someone offered me a festival slot but they were like you can only do it if you have a band and then I was like, I've never been in the band. And then the organiser was like, well, my mate's actually learning the drums. He's a cool guy. Um, and then we kind of put, ended up putting this band together. And it was like country blues. Like, I mean, it was a bit shocking. Like, I had <laughs> such a strong look. Like, I had cowboy boots on, I had, like, a bandana, like, a feather in my ear, like, pretentious wanker, but, like, (laughs) loved it. Um, And then I kind of just, like, really got the bug, and then I always say this, like, defining moment, we uh, had a missed call, I was in a class at uni, and it's this woman, I completely forgot we'd entered, like, a shitty demo into this, like, Glastonbury talent competition, and she was like, hi, yeah, yeah, you're in the last 10. And I was like, what are you joking? There were like 8,000 applicants or something. And I was like, this is, the irony is now I think my music's like quite good and I've never come close. But my uni <laughs> right. band got in. And then we all like piled in this like shitty car, like, like snare drums in my face and drumsticks in my eye and whatever and then we played and it was great I mean we didn't like win or anything but it was a great experience and then I remember like calling my mum being like oh it's so good we met Michael Levis and like everyone loved it and then we had a lock in with like all the staff blah 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 and then she was like well I think you know what you want to do now and I was like ooh shit yeah 
Um, and then from that moment when I was like, I have to write songs and sing, then I just started playing again. And then, I mean, that drummer's now like my best friend and I lived with him for the whole time in London. And, um, and the guy that put on the festival was then became my manager in London. And then we helped me put a band together. Not my mate who's on drums, he wasn't good enough. Um, and then, and then we got this band together. I made an EP in a bedroom with my friend. And the blogging scene was quite big then. And we got quite a lot of hype on blogs for like this one single called Shut Us Down. And then someone shared it on Facebook and basically got an email from Lily Allen's A&R. Really weird. It was really funny. He was like, I'm just having a spliff and a glass of red wine and I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this guy sounds great. Um, and we went to meet him and he was really cool. And then Lily had this like subsidiary label of Columbia and it was just Tom Adele and a band called Cults. Um, then I met Lily in the pub. She was like, like, you, like tunes. <laughs> okay, this is really weird. Um, <laughs> and then we started to get like a lot more like traction. We did like one show in this like converted toilet in Shepherd's Bush venue. Um, so was, was that a really big toilet or a really small <laughs> toilet? I mean, a converted it toilet. Was, there's a lot of images going on in my mind. In yeah, yeah. Mind. It was called Ginglick and it was on the uh, on Shepherd's Bush Green underground. It was a really cool place. It would probably fit like 150 people or something. Anyway, we were going on at 10 and I only had like six songs. And then we didn't go on till about 12.30. So there was like a queue out the door. And this was just absolutely mad. But this was kind of how it was then. It was very much like... If a blog picks you up, then you get picked up by another blog. And then one label sees it, and then another label finds out that that label's interested. And then there's, like, this bidding war. Yeah, and then we, we went to Columbia Records and did some amazing stuff, but it wasn't quite right. That's basically my story. It's an interesting so, backstory, anyway, <clears throat> Freddie, if nothing else. When you've got yeah. some stories to, to share from there. and I mean, yeah, you've done it on your own, right? You've done it on your own merit or off your own back and really got to where you are today through you know your own drive and determination man and a wee bit a wee bit of good luck as well right you know getting yeah yeah a I rub, think uh, getting a bit of rubbing the green here and there but you need that you know yeah i mean i really i've never felt like i needed it as much as i need it now i'll be honest i think it's really hard now because with the internet and so much fighting for space like and i by no means think i'm like nick Cave or anything but there's just so much talent that doesn't get heard and it just like drives me mad. I could just rant for ages about that. There's this artist in Berlin and she should be fucking bigger than Lando Ray and but it just doesn't work like that. No, unfortunately. Um, no, but there's so much luck involved and I guess I got lucky at the beginning. But I had I had a good manager who was also the same age and really wanted to like go for it with me. That was good. I kind of miss, I miss that. I miss having like a bit, a little bit of help this time. 
but because now I make all my records myself. I mean, obviously I have help of musicians, but I write the songs, write the parts, get musicians to play them, record them, mix them, master. But I'm not going to do that for the next one. Going to work with the producer this time. Get some um, of this to do some of the heavy lifting. Yeah, I'm just kind of exhausted by it. I want to kind of mix up the sounds a little bit this time. Nothing drastic, but that's a nice we'll segue in. Then, how would you describe your sound? Because it is quite, quite unique, quite different. I'm, I've been listening to your latest album and uh, working my way through it, track by track and stuff. And yeah, it's a really cool, unique, unique sound. How would you describe your sound? Ah, uh, the million dollar question. I've had dark indie, dark. I've had lots of not, you know, from other guests of the podcast and stuff. So sometimes people like to put things in boxes or they have to be kind of decompartmentalized and all that. Yeah. Right? They, they need this, they need this genre to, to make it work for them. But yeah, I find, don't, right. It's just, yeah. I mean, I always just tell people more like what I'm influenced by. Like, for example, I've just, I'm watching this Nick Cave's just released like a thing called the jam. And it's like came out a few hours ago. And it's just him and his band jamming for an hour. And I'm just like, right, I'm getting a bottle of wine and just plowing through this. <laughs> so I'm... I'm, well, I'm nice it's Wednesday night, right? If there's, if there's ever a more apt time for it than recording exactly. a podcast and listening to watching Nick Cave and his pals jam, then... Wow. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've fully embraced the pretentiousness of having red wine and smoking a roll-up to watching <laughs> Nick Cave like every other fan. I guess dark... I call myself a dark indie singer-songwriter, but I don't really know... I guess to like music, music fans kind of get it, but like to the general fan and not that this is a bad thing or anything, but as no singer songwriter comes with this like vision of some like twat in a hat on the beach, you know, playing Wonderwall. And that annoys <laughs> me because if you like, I think it was Katie Tunstall. She went on a rant and she's wicked. She was just like, David Bowie was a fucking singer songwriter. Neil Young's a singer songwriter. Like, Prince was a singer-songwriter in the heart of it all. And yeah, so I try and avoid that tag, but I'm also like proud to be, I say singer and songwriter. That's my difference. So I write a lot of songs for other people as well. And singing is my main instrument. I'm not very good at like actual instruments. you find that process working with other artists and do you just take it as a they have an idea or you have an idea or you're waiting for that kind of spark or does it work a bit more formulaically you know you have a, a set kind of structure and you say okay here's what i'd like or the other person does the same yeah i mean i guess it's normally people come to me when they want to do a song and i love the whole process i think i'm a lot more used to it now but like when i first started doing it because when I got dropped, I was like, right, okay, realistically, if I want a career, I can't just bank it all on my depressing indie shit, like going into the charts and knocking off Ed Sheeran and making me loads of money. Like, it's probably not going to happen. So I was trying to think of like other things that I love doing in music that could potentially allow me to not work in kitchens and stuff. And I love songwriting. And so then I just found a bunch of songwriters in London, messaged all of them. Got like two replies. I ended up working with a couple. And yeah, just really enjoyed the process now. Like someone comes into my little home studio 
I mean, you're getting the worst side of my room looks crap from there. But like, this side's wicked with plants and <laughs> guitars and equipment. But um, well, that's the cool side of the room, right? You've got to have the kind of feng shui thing going yeah, exa- on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm all about, you know, balance, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just love that you sort of sit and you have a cup of tea and chat for an hour. And I do a lot of like research on what they've done and what I think we could try, you know, say they're like a, an acoustic folk band, you know, I might think of trying something more upbeat or trying something with like a groove or drums or it's like a pop star, maybe be like, well, let's, let's try and write like an Adele ballad or something, you know, and then just, you kind of just offer these options of like, we could try this, we could try this, and then you kind of just keep working it. Like the session I had today, it actually took quite a while to sort of figure out what the artist wanted and then eventually kind of found a vibe and a common interest in the music and I made this like sort of massive attacky beat and then just put some chords and she was like, oh, that's cool. Then we jammed over that and she came up with some great melodies and we were like, right, bang, put that there, put that there, sketch it out and then we got a song. So it's just trial and error. And some days you get nothing and that's fine too. I worked once with like one of the biggest songwriters in the world and we had two days and we wrote a verse. And at the end of those two days, he was like, this is shit, isn't it? I was like, yeah, but thanks very much for your time. <laughs> you know, it, it just, it, you know, he's an amazing writer and he's written for like, God, yeah. Adele and Will Young and all these massive people. And then, and he's a, amazing guy but it just didn't i mean i think i was quite young no experienced then yeah it just didn't quite have the energy like you know a lot of times when i was signed they would throw me in with people that had written like smash hits and i didn't actually work with anyone then i had this really great a and r at my publishing company and he said oh there's this new kid he's a great writer let's put him in the freddy and he was like great and then i'd end up doing all my singles with him because i got on really well and he was like a nobody or whatever at the time now he's like a massive songwriter and drums in liam gallagher's band and he's like amazing everything important you know same with like band members yeah exactly exactly. a feel for it in person right because you can only you can you can set up a meet online and have a chat and all that and then but really you've got to go to the pub You've got to the go to the stage pub. Or the next level. <laughs> right, exactly. I was going to say, you've got to break exactly. the dates um, properly. And, you know, I have that with my band. Like, they're all incredible musicians, but we all get on and we have a good laugh, and that's really important. Yeah. So I, I kind of choose who I want to work with. Not that I'm in a position to be picky, but, yeah, I mean, there's just so many great people in Berlin that it's quite... I've been around, I hoard myself out. I mean, that's kind of what I did, (laughs) like, to get to know people here when I first moved. You don't ask, you don't get. I was just like, want to write a song? And I mean, I've got friends now who are like, yeah, it was a bit... Like, I've got one friend called Vera, (laughs) who's... She's a singer. Like, on my whole EP, there's this really, like, beautiful high female vocal... And she's this amazing Swedish girl. And I saw her at open mic and I just moved here and I was like, oh my God, what a voice. And I went up to her and said, oh, you know, do you want to write a song one day? 
and she was like yeah cool and like we're great friends now and we wrote some cool songs but she was like you know like some dude comes up to me like do you want to write a song it's 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 generally with ulterior motives and which is you know a problem for <laughs> women in the industry all day long which fucking sucks but like yeah, I just went up to people after I saw them play and just be like, do you want to write a song? Do you want to write a song? <laughs> um, but that's how I met people and made friends and, like, found my band. And there's so much talent here. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to bring his back down to earth in a war. <laughs> in, in my kind of inimitable style. <laughs> but since we're talking positively mm. about Berlin and all the influences and, uh, you know, the great people you've met and the... The collaborations that you've been able to yeah. have and friendships out of that as well. Is there anything about the Berlin scene that just kind of, I don't want to say hate, I don't like, because that's, you know, that's a bit of a loaded question, but are there, are there, what are the negative things for you in the, the Berlin scene? Mm. I think the problem is there's, in which we're trying to sort of look into at the moment, is there's too many options to play, you know, every night of the week, which is good in one sense. But also, it ends up being the same people every night. And I think that's very hard for the community to grow. And I think what would help is if it was more, like, curated. I think it's fine, go to open mics and practice your songs and stuff. But you want to see a Berlin artist, you come to Berlin, you look them up and they're probably playing three times that week just to play, which is great. I don't feel that there's, like, a, a platform. Like, there's not much of a middle ground to, like, get to some decent stages. Like, all the bars are great and they do their best and they all put on nights and it's a really cool community. But you've either kind of got this, like, bar with, like, quite crap sound and then you've got, like, I don't know, Barter House, like a 200-cap venue, and there's not quite so much in between, like, a... I know, a good 80-cap venue where you could put on three of these songwriters and you could charge the general public so it's not just, like, all the musicians coming in for free every week, just like a hang and trying to get... I know, trying to get people who aren't in that world to come and see them, whereas I think the general viewpoint at the moment is, like... Uh, Oh yeah, we can. You see, Berlin musicians—they're everywhere. You know, any bar you go into, someone's playing the guitar, and that's beautiful. But yeah, I'd like a venue which they would give, let us have for free, and then we could, with a great sound and looked amazing, and for the general public to come and see how great musicians here are. <laughs> but I don't know how that happens. I haven't got the money. Right. We need basically funding. Nice. We need funding. <laughs> we too, need someone too, that loves music yeah. and is a millionaire and moves to Berlin and it's like, yeah, I'll 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 buy a venue. But yeah, it's no, it's a it's a valid point. You know, getting to that next stage or a, a next step or a bigger stage, and then from there, as you were saying, you know, musicians can actually make a bit of yeah, yeah exactly. a living off it, right? You know, it's obviously not doing it every night, you know, because it's. Um, yeah, musicians got yeah, to eat exactly. too, or artists got to eat too. That's the thing people tend and to I, forget. Yeah, I know. 
I guess a promoter, really, a promoter for the scene. You know, everyone tries and there are nights, but, yeah. I mean, I've chatted to my friends about it. We just... To get the general public to be more aware of how talented everyone is. But there's, like, a massive scene, and then there's, like, For you. the Berlin scene, which is... <laughs> You know, okay. that, <laughs> <Right>. that intense <laughs> thing. For yourself, really, what kind of stages have you you played on? I mean, you've played on yeah. quite a few, I'd imagine, right? You know, been been around for a while, but uh, this is the thing that other musicians, or maybe people who don't <clears throat> play in bands or musicians, and they, they maybe tend to think that a bigger stage or a bigger venue or just a, a full place is always the best place to play, but it's... Not always. I mean, one of my worst gigs ever was at Coco in London. That was like 2,000 people. And it was just a disaster. We were just so booked for the wrong night. (laughs) It was like teenagers on a Friday night wanting to, like, party. And then we came on and I was just like, all this, like, dark mid-tempo shit. Someone threw ice at me. And there was just, like, people taking pills and snogging. And I was just like, love that for you. If that was me <laughs> in the crowd, I'd probably do <laughs> right, that. Yeah, and, you know. But I would want a band that's going to, like, make me have fun. So it's just they were just so disinterested. And I was like, wow, Coco, like, this is huge. I've made it. And then it was a disaster. <laughs> but it was fine. I mean, like, releasing my second album, doing my first headline show in Berlin, that was pretty incredible. Um, Just for a whole number of reasons. Going from that journey and building up and finding a bit of an audience and packing it out, and that was cool. And I guess the best show I've done is Shepherd's Bush Empire in London. That was pretty, pretty mental. And I got to, like, invite my parents, and that was pretty cool. So they could like see me on like a big stage. That's quite cool. Yeah, I don't really mind where I play, but as long as it, I mean, I do, but as long as the sounds good, it doesn't have to be millions of people. Like a hundred cap venue is great with good sound and it looks cool. Tell us about your latest uh, album. If it came out earlier yeah. this year, that was in the. Was it July or August or something? In the summertime? Just before summer, because I remember being like, I can't put this out in summer. Everyone's depressed enough as it is. Yeah, no, We're sorry. We're everyone okay, else Idiot here, Stream came out around <laughs> June. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I read an interview in one of the magazines that you'd, you'd put on right. your website, yeah? one from one of the German magazines. And uh, it started by saying something like, yeah, he's definitely not an idiot. <laughs> that was a nice way oh, to start the, that's good. The, the, the interview, you know. But, yeah, you know, it was kind of in a totally positive, maybe slight what, yeah. somewhat slightly tongue-in-cheek kind of way. But, yeah, tell us about the name and the pro- so Yeah, you did it all I yourself. mean, I wrote, so it's basically I wanted it just to do an EP about about that stage in my life, you know, the year of transitioning leaving my whole life to come to berlin and so all the songs are kind of about that and almost in a stage so like idiot's dream i wrote the first song i wrote when i moved here 
And you know, you move to a new city and you get that honeymoon period. It's amazing. I'm living life, man. This is the best. And then you're like, oh, shit, this is hard. Yeah, I just had that that title, um, Idiot's Dream, and that line in my living, Idiot's Dream. And it, I guess it was kind of like just a sort of message to like my friends and family back home, but without actually asking them. Knowing I'd done the right thing, but more just being like, I don't want you to tell me, but have I made the right... Have I been stupid here? But, um, so that was that one. I think only you, I think you... Yeah, exactly. The, the judge of that, Freddie. I mean, you're, you're, you're the one doing it, man. You're, uh, you yeah, know, exactly. you find it for yourself. And now I, I don't regret it. But, you know, that's, that's the, one of the joys of musician is the crippling self-doubt and imposter syndrome comes comes and says hi every day um and then and and then there was a song after that called sky without wings which is just basically a metaphor for like the blank canvas or whatever like, i don't know it's just like a it's a song about the fresh start um and then then my fun song night people uh which is just a celebration of like i was saying i just I went out every night to all the open mics and bars and any gig I could and not like a party animal, but just like for stuff to do. And that's just how I met people just like at nighttime and at music clubs. And and so I wanted to write like a celebration of, you know, how that all happened and how, you know, I probably won't see a lot of those people again. I've met a lot of friends, but I met a lot of people and just how like, Thank you for like showing me the way a bit and taking me into your like world and city and so that was that and then let the good things last a long time was the last song and that was I wrote it just after the end of my tour when I it's kind of like I'd built all of this up like moved here found a band brought my album here done a show done a tour and then it was all like over and I was like what do I do now? You know, a lot of people were telling me, like, you've got to just stop and, like, just actually enjoy what you've achieved now rather than panicking about what's to come. And then I was like, okay, I'll do that. Hence the really long title. Tell us a, tell us a guilt. Oh, I'll... I'll. If I can remember, I've done this a few <laughs> times. I'll see if I can remember. It's been a while, but I'll see if I can remember them. Uh, in no particular order, a guilty pleasure. Someone you shouldn't like, but you do. You know, you feel a bit guilty about having it on your playlist. No. It doesn't mean it's a bad tune, right? It's oh, just I, a d- I just don't feel guilty about it, though. But like Taylor, t- Taylor Swift. No, right, so. Tune after tune. Oh, okay. She's great. I can't, I can't, I can't, no. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't me work. Like, I like putting on when I'm like, Cleaning my apartment, you know, bit of, sh- oh, bit of shake yeah. it off to it lift you like hoover- hoovering spirits. <laughs> um, yeah, I think whatever gets you exactly. through the night to use a well worn phrase or the Wait, morning, whatever song? you do, you help me get through the night. Is that it? Yeah, something Is like that. Is it Gladys Knight or something like that? Sorry, next question. <laughs> 
Uh, tell us someone, well, you just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. There's some, someone we should be listening to. Someone new, you know, someone uh, for the playlist. I'm going to shout out King Hannah. Cause then I don't know them. They're not my friends. Cause if I chose a friend, then my other friends would be like, well, you didn't mention me. And then, <laughs> you know, I could talk. I also plugged <laughs> oh, a lot did, of my we friends. Did, we did play name. Go yeah. listen to their new song called A Well-Made Woman. Which I did a tiny cover of, but only a, a, a clip of it on my gram. <laughs> and uh, favourite venue, Freddie? We also yeah. talked a little bit about this. <laughs> right, you've read my mind, so I was going to say, you take it from whatever perspective you like. You no, know, Maybe somewhere you've seen a band and you think, yeah, this is just such a great space to play and you've got great sound and lights and whatever. It, it, it just works, you know? Or it could be a place that you would like to play one day you know it's, it's uh, an open question basically this forest just outside of berlin and i saw <laughs> it's like an amphitheater and i saw nick cave there and that was the coolest night in my life pretty awesome much. <laughs> yeah that, that's pretty cool is there somewhere you've seen a really bad you know maybe not some bad show per se but uh the venue itself is just a bit of a nightmare yes. you know and you're Alexandra Palace, place, you know, one entrance, what the fuck's that about? Also, Astra in Berlin, great, but there's like two massive columns in the audience. So if it's packed and you're behind the column... You're stuck behind yeah. this big kind of pillar. Nightmare. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you can sort of only get to see one half. The pylon thing and you can't see Nightmare. shit. Right, exactly. So, yeah, they've got a cheek charging you the full yeah. price for the ticket as well. Uh, go to oh, karaoke song. I hate karaoke. But <laughs> if I had to be, it would be... <laughs> Sorry. For the purposes of this <laughs> this podcast. Sorry, man. <laughs> what uh, with me, uh, oh, what It's got to be that blue... <laughs> blue, get on up when you're down. Take a good look around. Do I have to keep going or tell me you know it? <laughs> I was gonna, I was like, what is a blue? I was like, well, I don't even know what that is, but I'm, I'm really sure. I'm moving here. on anyway. Every listener will know who it is. And they will report in and be like, Craig, you have to know this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I shall take a mental <laughs> note. And, uh, Maybe you just got exquisite taste and you, you don't. I think so, that's it. I'm just a, a 50 plus, you know, man, that's kind of a wee bit lost sometimes when people say, yeah, you know that Taylor Swift record? Yeah, like, that'll do. I know do. who she is. That's that'll where the conversation do. usually ends, you know. I can't help it, man, but I, I try to keep my ears <laughs> open for new things, of course, right? But it doesn't always work like that. Last question then, Freddie. Someone you don't get, someone you think's overrated or just, you're just like, oh, oh easy. Yeah, John Mayer. Cannot stand him. Oh, me too, funnily enough. I don't get I like I hate everybody. Man hate, off to my own heart. Lyrics are rubbish. For a guy with for a guy with such well, let's use the let's use the yeah, vernacular he's amazing. chops, right? Chops great guitar player, does all that grateful dead or whatever yeah, they're called yeah. stuff, it's, you know, it's just, I think it's just, and uh just really bad. And it's so predictable. Yeah. I think he's just like Oh man! I don't know. I've seen all these kind of guitar lessons on YouTube. You know, whenever he's yeah, and I listened to a couple this, of songs this year. So boring. All these all these guitar teachers are doing like John Mayer's new song. So I watched a couple of videos from the new his new stuff or his latest stuff, and 
Whoa, yeah, yeah, I think there was one called like, You're just like Last Train you Home. Or, what are you? 14? Like, that's pathetic. Uh, fantastic guitar player friend of mine as well. He really, really doesn't like him. He's the complete, you know, this guy can play anything. Like, you know, he's a really fine guitar player. But he, like, he's just like, oh man, just, oh. It just it just kind of makes them cringe, you know. To to use the the, the to use the buzzword of the year. Yeah, from yeah. Germans. There we go. I added that one in. I don't know if you saw that last week. The cringe was the buzzword of the year or the yeah. word of the year for young people. So like, I'm done with the kids, man. You know, the favorite word are kind of young kids, like under eighteen or something in Germany. Yeah, cringe. That was their word of the year. This really? Year. Oh. Or cringy? I saw something wicked. I saw something great, that, and then then I'll leave. But there's something called the boomer bend going around, which is just like what young kids are calling like <laughs> middle aged rock dads when they just do like the seventies, like <laughs> oh, now called the boomer bend. So good. Yeah. More of a reason than I care to admit. You know, I don't, I don't Dad care. rock is cool, man. It's, it's a sentiment that comes, you know. I'm quite glad that he's not great at singing because he's, he's a bit like movie really star handsome. He's, he's been he's out with bit... like every supermodel in the world. I'm like, <laughs> no. you can't, you can't have everything. You can't oh, like if he no, sounded like Jeff be... Buckley, I'd just be. So we we just all go home after. Yeah, that's, that's just not fair. The You're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Get nice. the, la the last train home. <laughs> okay, I'll see you Walk later. Off you go, man. On that bombshell. Pitching on that on that note. <laughs> very. It's yeah, been a yeah. pleasure. And um, uh, thanks very much for having thanks me. Very much, man. That was fun. Good luck with everything uh, going forward, and uh, yeah, here's yeah. hoping that your record gets a bit more played. You know, always a good thing. Yeah, really nice to meet you, man. Facebook at Expat Music Pod. And of course, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there. Until the next one, this is Craig saying cheers. Cheers.